Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of So Am I a Horror Fan. This is episode 136. Mm -hmm. Hi Lee. Hi Simon. I'm, I'm in, I, I apologise now, I am in full Barbie mode. <laughs> um, so, mate, I just, I just, like, do you know what? My mind has just gone to a, a, a place now. Mm -hmm. Having, I just received a text before we started recording this episode from our friend Greg, who was on our Cosmos Stream episode, asking if I'd seen Barbarian. And I was like, I don't want Barbenheimer anymore. I want Barbarian. I was like, I want, I want people to start double, double billing Barbie and Barbarian. Okay. Just because I think that would be fucking cool. You've not seen Barbarian yet, have you? No. I think you should watch it. I think you'd like it. Barbie Ren. Yeah. Bi Bi Big Billy's in it. Mm -hmm. Big Billy Skarsgård. And uh, mm -hmm. the other guy, Justin Long. Anyway, mm -hmm. we're not here to talk about Barbarian, sadly. Because that movie rules. Um, yes, this is episode 136. Uh, today, we are looking at our penultimate episode for July. Mate, this would normally, in any other month, be our last episode for the month. But for some reason, I get to have another episode next week, oh, no. which I'm very excited about. Um, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about Poltergeist, the original, not the remake. From 1982. Yes. Which I am very excited about. Um, as always, uh, thank you to everyone that follows us on all of the social medias, on the Twitters, the Tumblers and the Instagrams. Apparently, as we're recording this on the 23rd of July, to go on the 24th of July... Elon Musk has confirmed that he is rebranding Twitter to X. Don't give it to you. Uh, and then some, somebody made a really fucking... Within five minutes of that being out, somebody went, so does that, that mean any videos on here are now going to be X videos? Which, for anyone that doesn't know, is the name of a porn website. Which I think is fucking hilarious. But then what, you're not going to tweet anymore, are you? What you do? Oh, I'm going to go X this. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's like, isn't that the name of one of his kids? And they went, nah, just his wife. <laughs> Boom. Um... Yeah, it's been a... Before we get into the meat and bones of everything that's going on in this episode of Podgeist, it's been a fucking week for it horror has. fans, bro. Uh, we got a teaser trailer for the new season of Interview the Vampire this week, which was shown at San Diego Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. uh, the first trailer for Exorcist Believer mm -hmm. and three posters dropped. I say the trailer dropped. The trailer is showing exclusively in front of Oppenheimer, which I think... Is the real reason why Oppenheimer's made a bunch of money this weekend. Not because of Barbenheimer, but because a bunch of horror fans have paid money to see the Exorcist trailer in the cinema and then just bounced. <laughs> They're like, man, I bought this ticket to see this trailer and then they all just went to go and see Barbie afterwards. Um, I have seen the Exorcist trailer uh, for the Exorcist Believer because it leaked online. It looks okay. Um, uh, it looks okay. I mean, the thing is, like, Making a sequel to The Exorcist was always going to be hard, which is why they failed three times already. Because The Exorcist 3 is actually a pretty good movie. 2, Dominion, and prequel to The Exorcist are all shit. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't feel like giving it to the people that made the fucking new Halloween trilogy was a really good idea. But the trailer is meant to be dropping online on the 25th, so... This goes out on Monday the 24th, so tomorrow the trailer is meant to be online, but I don't know. Um, they've also announced a new release date for Saw X. Saw X going to give it to you. Uh, further proving, again, that my that, that my theory that the Saw franchise is the Fast and Furious franchise of horror franchises 
They're both releasing their 10th instalment called Saw and Fast X in the same year. I'm just saying. And they're kind of like going backwards to the timeline because this one's apparently set between one and two or two and three. I can't remember. It's set in that time period. Um, I mean, 10 Fast X is a continuation, but we do get flashbacks to Fast Five. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, but what I'm saying is, in Fast X, if you haven't seen it, spoilers, they basically retcon a bunch of shit that's in Five. Yeah. Whereas this one is... They, they, I think they realised, because they made Jigsaw, which does have John Kramer in it, and then they made Spiral, which was not very good, that they that people go to see Saw movies because they like John Kramer. So they've made this one, they've kind of rehired Tobin Bell to make like an in-between, in-between call, mm. um, so they could bring him back. But yeah, it's coming out in September now, so we've got that to look forward to. A trailer for that apparently has been rated. And it's dropping on the 28th of this month, which is what? Friday? Sunday? Mm, Saturday? Mm, Friday. Friday. Because uh, apparently it's going to have a panel at Midsummer Scream. So keep an eye out for that. If the trailer doesn't drop officially, I'm sure someone will fucking film it and it'll be online next weekend. Um, which is worrying that Saw's out in September and we're now just getting a trailer for it. The new Ghostbusters movie is meant to be out on December the 23rd of this year. And they only finished filming it like three weeks ago. And now there's a strike on. So I don't think that's coming out this year. Um, well, if it's been finished filming... Yeah, but then they've got to edit it. They, if they've got to do any reshoots, yeah, they can't yeah, do yeah, any yeah. fucking reshoots. Um, I don't think... I think the fact that they only just finished filming it means it's... Unless they were doing all the pre-vis and all the visual effects as they were filming, I can't see how it's going to be coming out in, like, what what we in now? July? Five months' time? But then I said that, apparently Aquaman's coming out in December and they've reshot Aquaman and the fucking Lost Kingdom like five times. So... There's another Aquaman movie coming out? Yeah, so Aquaman 2 was meant to have come out like a couple of years ago. It was meant to have come out in 2020. And I think it's just gone through its fifth round of reshoots. Wait, did did it not come out? No. Oh, I thought it happened. Um... They filmed... Shows how much tension I've yeah. DC films. Well, they it? filmed a bunch of scenes with Michael Keaton. They filmed a bunch of scenes with Ben Affleck. They've cut all of those out. They've cut Wonder Woman out of it. They've like literally gone back and done reshoots and pickups like five times on this this thing. And apparently that's coming out in December as well. So we'll see. But poor Michael Keaton. They were like, come back and do Batman. And he's like, yeah, man, I filmed Batgirl. And then they scrapped it. He's like, yeah, man, I'm an Aquaman. And then they scrapped like all of his scenes. And he's like, I'm in the flash. I remember saw the trailer for the other day that I was like, that was my Boxing Day movie this year. Oh, Wonka. Wonka. Where he just he just looks like fucking Brendan Urie in the early days of Panic at the Disco. He's not manic enough. Like, I don't fear he'd kill me if I misstepped. I think it's a big issue there. See, I always feel like and I'm going to go off topic for a second here. With T- is it Timothy or Timothée? How do you say his name? I always call him Timothée Shalot. But... So do you say it like... Because his name is spelt T-I-M... It's Timothy, I yeah. think. But I always call him Timothée. Because I always want to call him Timothée, like the fucking shampoo. You yeah. know that really expensive yeah, shampoo yeah. in the 90s? Timothée Shalot. I don't know if they still make that shampoo. I used to use Timothée. Uh, our friend Shane will know. She will, that is true. Uh, she is his beholden wife. Uh, shout out, Shane. Um, yeah, so I always feel like... With Timothy Chalamet, they've picked the wrong projects for him. Like, Bones and All is fantastic. It's an incredible film, and he's very good in it. But they're like, yeah, man, he's Paul Traites. Yeah, he's Wonka. Yeah, he's, like, the scumbag boyfriend, Kyle, in Lady Bird. And I'm like, nobody wants to see Timothy Chalamet do any of these movies. The movie that everybody wants to see Timothy Chalamet in is the Pete Davidson and Timothy Chalamet mumble TikTok rapper movie. (laughs) 
No, I don't want that. I want a full length. I don't want that. Skeet, skirt, skirt movie. Um, Wonka looks weird though, man. I don't know how I feel Although, about. At some point, so I don't know if anyone knows this, but like, there's a fan casting online for the Marauders. Are you talking about Harold Potter? For Harry Potter, yeah. So like, Ben Barnes is Sirius Black, Andrew Garfield is Remus Lupin. Mate, I thought everybody decided Johnson. Adam Driver should play Snape. I just, none of those ne- were names I just said was Snape, babe. Who did you say? Ben Barnes is Sirius Black. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no. Andrew Garfield is Remus Lupin. And the, um, and uh, Aaron Taylor-Johnson is James Potter. And then there's some there's some meh on Peter Pettigrew, but the general consensus is Dane DeHaan. And for some reason, over the last couple of years, suddenly everyone was like, yeah, Timothy Chalamet would be like young Regulus Black. And I'm like, when the fuck did this get decided? What? Um, what? Timothy Chalamet would make a banging kid Voldemort. He'd make he a would. he'd make a really good Tom Riddle because he's like really snaky looking. No, because the thing is, is though, young Voldemort was supposed to be quite handsome and very charming. Or who's the geezer? Who's the geezer who he comes out of the head of in the first movie? Quirrell. Yeah, because Timothy Chalamet could play young Squirrel. He could. He, I mean, he could play. He's about the right age to actually play Squirrel. Probably by the time they actually make this fucking Harry Potter TV series. Although he could have. Um, I think he would have been better cast as. Uh, Thesaurus, Thesaurus in the second movie. Theseus. Yeah. Rather than the geezer they got to play Oh, in. I like the guy who plays Theseus. Because Timothy Chalamet does have that kind of weird, like, he's kind of like a tweaker, but like, not really. Well, no, because like, Theseus being... is supposed to be very professional. Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is he has kind of a similar energy to Eddie, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, but that's the whole point, is they're yeah. supposed to be wildly different people. I don't fucking know. But like, but yeah, people have been kind of like, the, the, it's recently come up with him playing like Regulus Black, and I'm like, do you know what? I wouldn't be angry at it. I feel like he'd probably do quite a good Regulus, because I do feel that's exactly what he's like. Or fucking uh, Barty, Barty Crouch Jr. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why we're trying to put Timothy Chalamet in franchises. I don't know, but it's, it was just because you reminded me of him being all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, for some reason the internet has just all gone, yeah, regular black, and everyone just went, yeah, all right. Do you, do you think he's a good actor? I really haven't seen a lot of stuff with him in. I thought he was all right in Dune. I thought, and I'm going to get crucified for saying this, I thought Dune was a pretty poor movie, to be honest. I'm I thought Dune was really fucking boring, and I think... It was always going to be because it was like only the first half of the book. And then obviously I saw the trailer for the second one when I went to the IMAX the other day. And the second one looks really fucking good. Because um, it, it's actually like the battle and like more of the Fremen and stuff are in it. And more of like Paul becoming the Messiah. And I was like, I thought he was really good in that. Because he, Timothy Chalamet has this... In a weird way, he kind of reminds me of Carl McLaughlin. Which is ironic considering they both put, uh, played Paul Atreides. I, he has this kind of like he's really attractive, but he has this kind of aloofness about him, like but not that kind of like I'm an edgy cool guy, like don't touch me because I'm so cool kind of aloofness. But he has this like kind it's of like, like awkward white dude. Like, yeah, he has this kind of like me. like squirrely like aloofness. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think Dune is the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah, because you've not seen Lady Bird, you've not seen Little Women, you've not seen Bones Call Me all. by Your Name, you've not seen Bones and All, uh, you've not seen Well Wonka's not out yet, but. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of... Because I've seen Lady Bird, I've seen Dune, I haven't seen Call Me By Your Name, but I have seen Bones and All. 
I actually watched Bones and All when I was off work sick. <laughs> it was a fucking really weird movie to watch when I was sick. Um, but yeah, Wonka, my only issue with Wonka is obviously the geezer who made Paddington made it. But for some reason, it looks like that shit do little movie that came out a couple of years ago with fucking Robert Downey Jr. Oh, where he's from the valley. Yeah, I was like, I was like, why is there a fucking giraffe in this? There's a scene where they're like running through a library or some shit, and there's Bank, a fu- yeah, and there's a fucking giraffe, and Rod Atkinson's there running from a giraffe, and I'm like, what is going on? I was like, unless he's going to turn that giraffe into a chocolate bar, like there's absolutely no need for a giraffe to be it. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about that movie, bro. I'll probably watch it, and then once I've watched it, I'll probably hate it and never watch it ever Cause, again. Because the thing is, I don't understand why they don't make the sequel. Like they made a, they obviously they've made the prequel, and they made the Tim Burton version, and then obviously the original version with Gene Waldron, which is one of the scariest kids movies ever made. But I don't know why they don't make Charlie in the Glass Elevator. Like, cause that, I've never read Charlie and the Glass Elevator. Because that is technically the canonical... Like, the, the Roald Dahl book is technically the canonical sequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I'm just like, bro... But is that not just, like, the ending of this the remake? Yeah, they kind of tag on, like, a little bit. Like, he inherits the fucking uh, yeah, Chocolate they go, Factory and they go into and the Glass Elevator. And I'm just like... I don't, like, it's like all of these origin movies. Like, I don't need Wonka origins. Like, I don't care how he fucking met an Oompa Loompa and how he discovered, like, fantastical chocolate. I just... like, my assumption is it's a, they say it is a prequel to the Gene Wilder. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, because there's, there's little bits in the original kids' book, if I'm remembering my history correctly, where they kind of explain little bits about who he was and obviously, like, in the Tim Burton version, you see him on, like, the expedition meeting the fucking Oompa Loompas and all that shit. And he put a bunch of weird stuff about his dad being a dentist. Yeah, like, there's a whole, like, fucking subplot and all this kind of shit. Um, so I found it really interesting, like, uh, that stuff when they use it in the film, but I don't need, like, a whole movie about it. But then there's, like, a whole bunch of these prequel movies that I don't really feel like they need. I was like, I'm waiting for Paddington, the prequel, and it's, like, just two bears shagging in Peru, and it's like... That's how Paddington was made. Anyway, we've got wildly off topic. We're here to talk about Poltergeist. Um, anyway, yeah. John, do your thing. I can indeed. Right, so written by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grace and Mark Victor. Three people wrote this. Yeah. Uh, directed by Toby Hooper. Cast-wise, we have Craig T. T. Nelson as Steve Freeling, Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling, Beatrice Strait as Dr. Leash, Dominique Dunn as Dana Freeling, Oliver Robbins as Robbie Freeling, Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann Freeling. I am saying their full fucking names. Um, I'm going to try and figure out who some of these people are. Uh, Martin Casella as Marty, Richard Lawson as Ryan, and then Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina? Yeah. In all honesty, no one else in this movie is actually all that important, so... Other than his boss, Teague, who's like uh, James a Karen yeah. plays Mr. Teague. Yeah, he's a prick. He's a prick. Um, Plotline-wise, uh, a family's home is haunted by a host of demonic ghosts. Yeah. What's the budget dream for me? Uh, budget. It was made on a budget of $10.7 million estimated. And gross worldwide, it made $77,229,971. Dollars. There we go. 
Um, so, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. How do you feel about Poltergeist? Well, was... let me, let me, before we get into it, let me ask you the other question. Like, because I ask you this about all of the classic horror movies that you watch the first time. What was your knowledge of Poltergeist to go in into this movie? Uh, it got parodied in Scream 2. Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2, which I have seen. Uh, the, they're here. Uh, and there was a poltergeist. And the creepy clown dog, because I used to have a doll very similar to that when I was a kid. Nah, dog. Yeah. Like, obviously you are aware that this is in the canon of, like, cursed films, aren't you? Yes, I'm aware of that. Um, and you are aware, Do you, are you aware of, like, the whole backstory of why it's considered to be a cursed franchise? I can't fucking remember, babe. I think a bunch of shit went wrong on set and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so... Couple of people nearly died. There was a whole rumor of like all the skeletons of that were actual real yeah, so skeletons. The skeletons actually play a part in the curse. So there's a really fantastic episode as part of the curse film series on Shudder, which I highly recommend watching about this film. And there's also a separate film uh, about the poltergeist like curse. Um, essentially, in the scene where they use all the skeletons they are all real skeletons are they yeah like it's been confirmed by multiple people they used real skeletons because it was cheaper than getting fake ones oh, i don't think that's true so, i think that's one of those hollywood myths that's just started being taken as gospel so they used the real skeletons in the scene with the swimming pool at the end where they all start popping up in the house however the curse is allegedly tied to the skeletons because they said throughout the production of the three movies like a lot of things ha like not in terms of like it wasn't like an exorcist situation where like sets were burning down and all that sort of stuff however they did say that like Heather O'Rourke got sick during the making of this film she got congenital stenosis and died at the age of 12 while they were making the third movie mm. the guy who play uh, the girl who plays Dana um she got murdered by her boyfriend like, long, not long after this movie came out. Oh, Jesus. Um, the guy who plays Bluto, you know, the guy who's, like, the workman who, like, puts his hand through the window and he's, like, eating the food? Yeah. He got murdered at, like, the age of 62, like, yeah. in an axe attack. Jesus. And then, like, a couple of other people died, but they said that, like, their deaths weren't, act, like, suspicious. They were, like, these people are old, but they worked on the movie and then they died. So it's one of those movies that's kind of always had, like, a tenuous curse on it. And it's all down to the fact of, like, apparently they use these real skeletons. The real skeletons, like, were tied to the curse of the film. But as they turn around and said, like, it's not like anything super suspicious happened. And, like, the bulk of the main cast are, like, still alive. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, like, because of Hollywood legend, it's like, oh, like, this happened. And it was because they worked on these movies. And, you know, whereas with, like, The Exorcist, it's a bit more, like, dude a fucking set burnt down and no one was there and like there was no arson and we don't know how it happened like this is fucking this yeah. is weird um so it's always kind of been a bit like of a tenuous thing and the other thing that's obviously tied to this film is the long-standing rumor that it wasn't actually directed by toby hooper and it was directed by steven spielberg which is a bit of a dick thing to do because like i mean it's not, it's not toby hooper's most well-known film yeah and people are like yeah you didn't fucking direct this you're like yeah, it's one of those things, like, I've always been of the belief that Toby Hooper did direct it. Steven Spielberg has always never confirmed or denied one way or the other. Like, there was an interview with Spielberg when it came out where he basically said that, like, Toby Hooper wasn't a very take-charge director. 
and like there was moments where he did a lot of like he they basically said he Fuck you Spielberg. No 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 no. He he like he said like Toby's not the kind of person who would take action. He's like so if there was ever like questions on set like it would largely fall to me to answer the questions and Toby would agree. But then in other interviews there's been things that have come out where he's like Spielberg was on set a lot more than a producer should be because there was delays in making E.T. However, Spielberg, a lot of people, a lot of the cast and crew were like, yeah, like Toby Hooper would set up the shots and then Spielberg would change them. And he was doing a lot of the like production stuff in terms of like setting up the shots, hiring the actors, working with the actors, like doing the storyboarding. And like they basically said what he did went beyond being a producer to the point where the rumour is that he directed like 60% of this movie but he's never confirmed it, but he wrote a letter or put something out in the press to Toby Hooper saying, you know, you worked on this film in a very professional manner and, like, I appreciate your hard work, which people have always interpreted as a backhanded, like, I'm giving you credit and I'm letting you keep your name on this, but, like, let's let's not make the mistake of, like, who actually made this. Again, fuck you, Spielberg. But, like, you know, I've always believed that it was a Toby Hooper film and I've never once questioned that it was a Spielberg film. I feel like what people need to bear in mind when they're all like, oh, like, it feels like Spielberg produced, like, directed like 60% of this film. What that actually is saying is that Spielberg barged his way into a film that he had no fucking need to be there for yeah. and changed shots because he didn't like how it was looking. Yeah, because like... Which uh, just makes him seem like a petty control freak, that's all I'm saying. Because Spielberg initially offered Toby Hooper the chance to direct E.T. and then he turned it down and that's when Spielberg directed E.T. But he he gave he gave Toby Hooper the opportunity to direct this movie because he was such a big fan of A Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Funhouse. And this is one of like three horror movies that Spielberg produced. The other two being Gremlins and... I can't remember what the third one is. There is another one. He produced Gremlins, he produced this, and he did produce another one. I can't remember what, for life me what the other one was. I don't know. Um, and then obviously like he worked on the Twilight Zone movie and, and uh, he did like other bits and pieces. But yeah, I've always, I've always taken umbrage with the whole Spielberg directed this movie. Like, no, he fucking didn't. And, like, I always feel like people on the cast and crew that like fed into that are like why what do you stand to gain like i remember zelda 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 rubenstein saying in an interview that she didn't get on with toby hooper because he was a drug addict at the time and she could see that he was a drug addict so i feel like it was a lot of people that maybe clashed with toby hooper that then tried to like tarnish his name afterwards because they had a better time working with spielberg on the set so they're like my experience is X, but, like, not everybody else's experience is... But at the end of the day, Toby Hooper's name is on the fucking film. As far as I'm concerned, he fucking made the film. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the other mental thing that you're going to, like, uh, freak out about. This movie was rated a PG, bro, when it came out. That doesn't surprise me. The face scene alone makes me go, really? Oh, you yeah, were taking kids to see this shit? I guess, yeah. Uh, arachnophobia, sorry, was the other one, but I couldn't remember. Um, I seem like an odd film to set at PG, but they didn't have like uh... PG thirteen then. Yeah, because I think it's one of the Indiana Jones movies. I think it's Temple of Doom that they brought in the PG thirteen for, and then Gremlins was a PG thirteen. See, well, did they have? Because there's a PG to fifteen, didn't it? Yeah, PG to R. Yeah, and which is their version yeah. of fifteen. Fifteen slash eighteen. Which I feel like this film isn't a fifteen, mm-hmm. so. 
It is in this country, though, because the Blu-ray I've got is a 15. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's because of the co- I think it's because of that face scene yeah. and some of the the context. The American and British rating systems are very odd. I think I think the two scenes that get this movie a fifteen are the face and the skeletons. Yeah, no, I would say the implied sexual assault. Oh yeah. Would be like my guess because like you can't be like implying that a ghost is about to like sexually assault a woman like that's not cricket. Um. But back to my original question for you. What did you think of this movie? Eh. I think I had reasonably high hopes for this film. Because, like, it's one of these films that people do always talk about. Um, but, and it's also an 80s movie. Which, as we as we stand, most 80s movies we've watched, I haven't outright hated. Unless they're from a big franchise. Unless they're from a franchise. <laughs> but, like, generally, I'm like, yeah, like, it, was, it was, like, it was alright. But I just think it was really fucking boring. Yeah. I don't I don't think the plot's that great. I think the writers need to take a good hard look at themselves in the mirror. Steve. In all honesty. Um I, yeah, I just don't think it's very well written. I think I feel like stuff happens in this movie that I'm like that your reactions make no fucking sense. Mm. And yeah, I do have I have a few umbridge issues with this. Yeah, cuz it's very much like you can tell that it's a Spielberg written film. It's very much a all American family in like danger or something's happening to them. Mm. A la Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, etc. Mm. Um I I I'm inclined to agree with you to a certain degree. Like I do think that there are certain scenes in this where like the fucking like the dad just gives up like halfway through. He's just there's a point like when Zelda gets introduced, where the dad is like Steve is at, at that point. He's just like, I've had enough of this shit, man. He's like, I just don't care anymore. He's just like, and he's like, his fucking kid is like lost in the ether somewhere, and he just he just looks like a man who just can't be asked. He's like, I just don't care. He's like, I just I'm not into it, bro. And then like he's fucking around like when she gets there, and he's like trying to take the piss, and I'm like, yeah, but he thinks it's all bullshit, which is reasonable. Yeah, but he's seen so much stuff up until that point that the idea of a medium coming into the house shouldn't seem that weird to him. Yeah, well... Like, his fucking daughter's talking to him through the static from a television, and he's seen a fucking ghost. Like, he's seen the ghost people by that point. And then he's all like, oh, nah, man. He's like, I'm not letting this fucking medium woman into my house. It's like, bullshit. Like... So yeah, I think I think he's he's the character that I kind of because everybody else, like the three kids and the mum, like have reasonable but reactions to what's going on. Segment of this movie, where no, she doesn't. She has very weird reactions to what's happening in this movie. Chairs start levitating and fucking hanging themselves on the top of the table. She's like, I know, I'm going to do a fucking science experiment with a chair. <laughs> I'd be like, pack your shit, kids. Well, we're going to go stay at a hotel for the night. How about that? And she uses her daughter in the experiments, and herself it is implied as well. The fuck? <laughs> She's like, wee! <laughs> Dickhead. And then also, by about halfway through the movie, she's like, the kid stops responding to them and she's like, oh no, my daughter, for about five minutes. And then she's like, oh, I'm fucking ghost, isn't it? How cool is that? <laughs> I'm like, bitch, your daughter is missing. <laughs> the fuck is going on with you? And then later she sat about it again. I was like, no, 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 no. You were really hype over ghosts five minutes ago, mate. <laughs> you don't get to be sad about it now. <laughs> also, they never implied, because they, they like, they say in the movie that they keep turning the TV on and off. Mm. Um, like, 
they never like address the fact that like if you turn the TV off, like is the connection lost? Oh, to be fair, babe, I don't give enough of a shit. Because there's like a lot of like lapses in like the mythology in this. Because they they do that whole dinner table scene where they're like, so it could be a go- it could be a poltergeist, or or it could be a haunting. And they're like, what's the fucking difference, bro? And they're like, well, let me tell you, a poltergeist probably gonna like stay here for a couple of months, just chill out, get bored. Uh, like fuck around and find out, uh, you know, and then they'll just leave you alone. They're like a haunting, however, that's just gonna stay with you, and we don't really know what it is. We really don't know how long it's gonna go on for. We're just being as vague as possible to move the plot along. Mm-hmm. And like that's the, that's another thing that kind of like this is the other thing that makes me laugh about this movie. And I kind of get Insidious vibes when I watch when I watch this movie. And kind of like Conjuring vibes to a degree. Because, like, obviously the Conjuring, they bring in the Warrens, who are, like, the paranormal whatever mm. the fucks. And then in Insidious, they've got, like, two guys who do the same sort of job. That basically, in Insidious, they've basically got Orion and Shane, who are, like, these two fucking guys who, like, bumble around with, like, their spirit boxes and shit. And they're like, ghost, ah... Um, the fucking paranormal guys in this, the guy who looks like Rockwell, who's like, somebody's watching me. The geezer who looks like old man Killian Murphy. And then the fucking librarian looking woman. They're just like, that paranormal investigators, apparently. But then they seem really fucking surprised when they see a ghost. And I'm like, what? Like, you're paranormal investigators. You've gone to the house to see a ghost. And I don't think that they see a ghost. I think that there's so many ghosts. Yeah, but it's like, they all freak out when they see... Like, the geezer who goes to cook the steak, he freaks out when he sees the steak moving. I'm like, you have gone to a house yeah, but the that is haunted. the steak's not moving, baby. It's crawling across yeah. the side, which I feel like is a weird thing, even but like, in Ghostland. But like, I'm not being funny. If you're a paranormal investigator and you go to someone's house to investigate a haunting and then you see ghosts, you wouldn't act surprised if you saw ghosts. I mean... <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be like going to the circus yeah, it, it, and then be like, oh shit, there's clowns. Also, you're working on the assumption that they've previously seen ghosts. A lot of paranormal investigators, babe, never seen a ghost. Wow. Shane and Ryan have been doing it for what, like fucking 10 years at this point, still not seen a ghost. So, you know. Mate. It might be their first ghost. Just saying. Fucking they could have been ghost virgins up until this point. Craig Charles fed bear with my man pipes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but it is weird. It is a weird reaction for them to have. Like, like dad just like, oh no, an actual ghost. And like, I. D- but the thing is though, it's like so you've seen Shane and Ryan videos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, they've been going like for anyone who doesn't know, they used to do BuzzFeed, and they now have their own uh, YouTube channel called Watch, where they did do ghost hunting shit. Ryan Bagara and Shane Bidet. Yes. Um, but like, could you imagine, like, you've seen you've seen it. Like, now in your head, after they've been doing it for ten years, imagine how Ryan would react if he actually saw a fucking ghost. And tell me it's not like this. <sighs> See, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like... I... He'd run away screaming, more than likely, in all honesty, but... <laughs> I feel like it's an occupational hazard. And to me, I'm not being funny, like, I've hired paranormal investigators to come into my house because my child has disappeared and my house is getting fucked up by a ghost. Like, like in Ghostbusters. Now, I'm not being funny. Like, I understand what you're saying and, like, they could have not seen ghosts and stuff like that. But you would kind of want some kind of, like, assurance that the people that are, like, in your house are going to handle the situation with, like, a a degree of, like, 
professionalism and like seriousness. Like I wouldn't set my house on fire and then be like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to call the fire brigade. And then if the fire brigade turned up, they're like, oh, shit, a fire. We weren't prepared for this. I'd be like, right, you fuckers ain't coming in my house because clearly you aren't ready for this. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like if I hired a paranormal investigator to come like check out if we had a ghost or not, I would be like, have you ever seen a ghost? Like, like no, like and my friend, I do feel like the answer would be no. We've been investigating for quite a while. Yeah. But we've never actually seen one, and I do feel like there's a difference between like oh we investigate ghosts for a living and oh fucking shit that's an actual yeah. ghost. Well, like this is what makes this is what this is the thing that makes me laugh as well about like the reactions to different things. So the dad and the mum are like, hey man, these three strangers can come in our house. They can set up all their equipment. Like they can film the ghosts. And they're all acting like fucking children when they see these ghosts. Yet they have complete faith that these people are going to, like, fucking clear their house, get these ghosts on film and and whatever. The minute fucking Zelda walks in the house, admittedly, Zelda is creepy as fuck. But, like, the dad's like, I don't believe her. She's full of nonsense. She's walking around with, like, absolute confidence. She knows there's shit in the house. She's, like, taking it super seriously. She's treating the situation really delicately. And she's the one that this motherfucker's taking the piss out of. To be fair, I don't think the dad believes in it at any point. I think he's just entertaining his wife. Yeah, but he's seen stuff. And? Like? And? How do you... Yeah, like, how do you see shit and still not believe? I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that if they saw a ghost, they'd be like, no, it's a trick of the light. I've never seen a ghost, but I have experienced paranormal things. I've seen stuff. I've seen stuff that I cannot explain. I've heard stuff and I've felt stuff. So I believe in ghosts. Now, I do. I do understand where you're coming from. And I do think I do think like being in a house and having like a pan fly off the, the side when no nothing's near it, nothing's touching it. Is we don't fucking, talk about that. Is fucking weird. And you can go, right, that's a ghost. Or like being in a house and hearing footsteps or like seeing something in the light and you can be like, right, okay, that's kind of weird and you can feel a presence and whatever. I do think feeling something paranormal and feeling something supernatural and being confronted by a ghost are two completely separate things. And I do think that they, they warrant completely separate reactions. That's really weird. There is. There looks like there is smoke coming from the top of our light. I just looked over the top of the lamp. Can you see it? it looks like there. Oh, it's your vape <laughs> smoke vape has gone over. It's like, I was like, are we having a fucking ghost? Of, like, is this? No, it's my vape smoke drifting across. Is there like the room? some Casper shit going under the room right now? But you know what I mean, though. Like, I think, like the experiences that I've talked about on previous episodes with like sleep paralysis and stuff like that and yeah. feeling things. That's very fucking different to being confronted by a ghost. But there's a modicum of, like, I've experienced enough stuff to be like, this makes sense to me. Like, if a ghost appeared, I'd be like, that makes sense. I just don't feel like at any fucking point the dad in this movie takes any of this shit seriously until the end when he's literally got skeletons popping up in his fucking house. And he's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And I just think, like, because you would, though, wouldn't you? Like, if you were sat here right now and your daughter's like, TV people, motherfucker, and then she's talking to you through the TV, you'd be like... I mean, I'm not being fucking funny. I would have been out of the house the minute the chair shit happened. So I wouldn't have gone through any of this because I would have gone, that's fucking weird, I'm out. Do you know when I would have... Someone burned the house down. Do you know when I would have left? In the pre-title sequence, when my kids got a hand on the TV going, Ah, they're here! 
If she's fucking talking to it, I'd be like, no, 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 no. The thing is, though, kids are fucking weird. No. So I feel like if you have a child, you're just like, what the fuck are you doing, you little dickhead? Do you know what I mean? Like, kids are fucking strange. Yeah. So I feel like that that probably wouldn't even <clears throat> spark a thing. I'd just be like, whatever, mate. I'll sure. ask I'll ask you a question, though. And I, I, I imagine the both answers for both things are completely different. I imagine the first answer is very self-explanatory and the second answer is very different. Why do you think it is in, like, paranormal movies, whenever there's a ghost or a poltergeist or, like, whatever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. why is it it's always the kids and the animals that see it first? I assume the kids, like, especially if it's something trying to communicate, is because kids are susceptible and they're vulnerable so- to things. There's a, there's a theory behind this. Basically, there's a theory that as a kid, you're more susceptible because you're more likely to believe. We're fucking imaginary friends. Yeah. We create this entire world in our head and we're like, no, this is real. Like, this is perfectly normal. The older you get, the more difficult it come, becomes for you to still see that imaginary yeah. friend, still build that world in your head because you're being programmed into, mm. that's not real. You're being weird. I mean, also the fact that as children we believe that there's a tiny fairy that comes and steals our teeth for money. Uh, like, teaching kids about prostitution at a young age. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Um, though? Yeah, like, yeah. That's a horrifying thing to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, like as a child, you are basically primed to believe in stuff like that, and that's why. And animals is because their senses work on a different level to us. Yeah, I was gonna say because the last two houses we lived in before this, our cats used to just bing bong, especially. That used, was Nana, though, wasn't it? He used to just sit at the bottom of the stairs, didn't he? And he would just stare at stuff. Yeah, it was Nana. Like, all we the time. We had this conversation. Because mm. if you remember, after we got rid of Nana's ashes, it's, it's, they stopped. Yeah. They don't even do it in this house. Mm. Well, it's quite difficult because they curve around. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's something, there's something like, animal. they say that animals always know, like, when disasters are coming, like, when the weather's due to change, like, if there's, like, paranormal shit happening. And I don't know why... Like, but it's not... I don't know if it's all animals. Yeah. But like, also, I want to be very clear, actually, because that probably sounds really weird. That I went, oh, yeah, when we got rid of her, it stopped. We had banana's ashes in the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like it's not like a psycho there. situation. She's not sitting in a rocking chair in the Yeah, room. no. We, we had my nan cremated, and when my mum moved out of the first house we lived in, she left the ashes at, at the house, so they moved with us, and we kept her in the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah. Oh, it's very great. It's my favourite thing. Cause people what used happened? to go, "I'm really sorry for your loss," but I haven't lost her. She's under the stairs. What happened? Um, so mum took them back, and then last year they scattered her and granddad at the I don't know, like off the pier or something. Sick. I think. I was like, I'm sure they loved that because they were fucking divorced for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> just ashes, just slapping against each other. In the Pretty wind. much. Um, like dust in the wind. And Nana's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it is fascinating. Because, like, it, in this movie, Carol Ann is, like, the gateway for, like, the beast to come through. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's because she's the, sm- the smallest and the youngest child. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's the most susceptible. But it's, like, it's like in everything, isn't it? Like, it's, like, spoilers for a 25-year-old movie. It's, like, Cole in fucking Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Who's, like, I'm a kid who can see ghosts. And then, like, it seems to be like kids and animals seem to know when this shit is coming. I feel like that's not really a spoiler, because literally the tagline for that movie is, like, I see dead people. Yeah, but there's still people that'll be like, I can't believe you ruined Sixth Sense for me. I mean, it's one of the first things you learn in the film. 
Did not I... really that much. It's one of the first things you yeah. learn is the kid can see ghosts. It's not that. Did I, did I ever tell you about the fucking time my friend, my friend, got in a taxi and was on his way to the cinema to see Six Sense? And the fucking taxi driver went, oh, is that the one where Bruce Willis is a ghost? Well, and, that's a spoiler. <laughs> and, my mate, and my mate literally went, take me home. He literally just got out of the fucking taxi take me home. and just went home. He was like, you cunt. <laughs> that's a spoiler. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Big big Bruce. Big Brucey dubs. Um, yeah, so like, I've always... You were always... doing well as well, because you hadn't actually spoiled anything up until that moment. <laughs> I've always been fascinated by the idea of, like, why children are susceptible. Because it's like... You watch any of these like possession movies or like paranormal movies, it's always a kid getting possessed or it's always a kid being snatched by a ghost. Like, and I just find it fascinating. Like, yes. I think the reason in movies it's always a kid is because it's slightly more terrifying. Yeah. Because it, it attacks like a primal part of you. Yeah. Of, as a grown up of like you are a protector. Mm-hmm. But it's also like in this movie, like there's no explanation of like what they were gonna do to the child. Like what what was the grand plan of like we have Carolan if you can't get her back, like what were they gonna do to her? Like with all of these movies, like what is the ghost end game of like stealing a well, child? Well they kind of explain it, don't they? Is they're they're because they can't cross over mm. they're like craving the real world and the human world and like everything like that so to have like a human child who'd be like this massive ball of light to them yeah it's kind of a like no we want her because she's fun to play with basically yeah. whereas we're we're just drifting around in nothingness and then suddenly there's like holy shit look at that massive ball of light and then there is like the whole thing of like the souls of the ghosts being reborn into children like it's the whole fucking thing in ghostbusters 2 of vigo's like hey man i'm gonna be reborn in this fucking dana baby i'm gonna be reborn in oscar bro but, yeah, I find it fascinating, like, ghosts are like, I'm going to come for your kids, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, so, outside of, like, the family being dickheads in this movie, like, what other parts of this movie did you like? What did you think about, like, the actual haunting and, like, the actual kind of, like, spiritual realm? The actual haunting shit was bullshit. Because it was very unclear consistently what the fuck was going on. Like, there was ghosts, okay, is it a ghost, is it a poltergeist? We don't know. It's both, FYI, guys. Didn't know that. There were ghosts and there's a poltergeist. It double whammied you on that one. Yeah, because it's only when you watch the footage back that they... Also, what kind of special ass cameras are they using to film that ghost? That that ghost's like, I'm ready for my close-up, son. Mm. But I I do like the fact that when they watch the footage, you see like, it's about four or five people, isn't it? It's like 20 or 30, babe. Well, I could when I was watching it, you can only see on the monitor like a couple of them, mm. like clearly. But yeah, sorry, you were saying you had a point you were making. I'm I don't remember because you interrupted my point halfway through. Well, you were saying the film was bullshit because it's ghosts and a poltergeist. Yeah, like you can't set this whole thing up of like, oh, it could be a haunting, it could be a poltergeist. Then go, ha, bitch, both. We're gonna double whammy you. Like, no. Why? Just give us one straight up answer. Yeah. Can't be both. And then they were all like, ha ha, you're on like an old graveyard because they didn't dig up the bodies and just moved the gravestones. Ha 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 ha. Thanks for making that a thing, Poltergeist. Fuck you guys. Um, Yeah, overall I wasn't impressed. Although I do think it was very well shot. The low lighting in this movie and the way they use the lighting is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see that... I think it's a well shot movie. I think it is very well shot and very well lit overall mm. but i think the script shit i think the plot shit and i like the acting's relatively the kids are great 
don't generally like kid actors. The kids are quite good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I really that I don't get it. See, I think like to to a couple of your points. Yeah, I think I think they should have either stuck with the beast being the main poltergeist because mm-hmm. the beast looks fucking cool. There's that scene towards the end when she confronts the mum or it confronts the mum and she's like, "Don't take my babies!" And he's he looks like a weird like spindly spider type creature thing and it's look it looks cool as shit um and i was like you either keep that as like the main poltergeist or like they're like yeah there's like 40 people because there's a hundred bodies buried under your house and the bodies represent like all of the people that are like the ghost in the house that can't cross over and i'm like right so which one is it like you said i was like you either have one or the other because it seems like it seems like the people aren't really doing anything. Like the ghost people aren't really doing anything. It's it's the fucking beast who's all like, yeah, you shall not pass. He's like fucking Gandalf, and like yeah, to your point as well. Like I think the adult actors don't do a very good job. I think they're hamming it up in this movie. But the kids, the kids are great because they feel like real kids. Mm-hmm. Carol Ann, the main girl, the little girl who's played by Heather O'Rourke. She's so fucking good in this movie. And there's so many scenes where you're like just watching her and she's just like so fucking good with the material. There's one scene, the scene where she's like holding onto the headboard and all the toys are like sucking away from her. Um, they only made her film that once because she was so terrified filming it that Spielberg like literally had to hold her after they filmed it. It was like I'm not making her do it again. Like, you better have got that because we're not doing it again. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's really, really fun. She's and very good. She's kind of like the glue that holds the first half of this movie together. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's the person on the Titanic who saw the iceberg coming and is like, you guys are fucked. You should listen to me. These TV people are coming, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And the parents are like, I don't know what you're talking about, dog. Um, but yeah, I think all the, like, the, the oldest daughter... Doesn't really do a lot because she like leaves the movie. Dana like, disappears consistently. Yeah. I feel like Dana's the only one making sensible decisions. Dana's like, I'm the fuck out. And I love the fact that the dog fucks off, like with the little boy. Yeah. Like, like Robbie jumps in a taxi and the dog goes with the him. He's like, and I'm out, babe. Yeah, the dog's like, I'm not sticking around for this shit. Um, but like, yeah, they didn't really do a lot. They Because they allude a couple of times in this to like the dog being able to see. And they kind of, I think they used where the dog is and how the dog reacts to certain parts of the house to draw the, like, idea of where the gateway is, don't they? Mm-hmm. Because they look at, like, how he reacts to, like, certain things. Because there's that really cool scene after they've had, like, the first attack where he, like, goes into the room and he wants the ghost to play ball with him. Yeah. And that's a really cool scene. Uh, but they never really follow up on, like, the fact that the dog kind of knows what's going on. And then the dog just leaves anyway. And then he comes back, like, randomly. Um, I do think that... I do think the second half of this movie is really good. I think the movie takes a lull in the middle when the paranormal investigators get involved. It kind of takes a bit of a lull. But I think, like, the last half an hour of this movie, when you've got the stuff of, like, the pool, the tree, like, them rescuing Carol Ann by going into, like, the unknown, and, like, pulling her out and... The second attack with, like, the clown uh, fucking the kid up and all that stuff is great. Like, the movie ends on a really, really strong note. Um, And it's a fascinating film in terms of, like, you know, 
the way that it's been regarded and the way that its legacy like has been fulfilled it's one of those movies that i feel like has grown in popularity for the wrong reasons um i think it's i think it's a fairly well-made film i agree with you like there's a lot of shots in this movie that are like really interesting and like putting the lights under the stairs when you're like focusing on the top of the stairs and things like that to kind of like yeah show the like almost like a, a heavenly presence in the house is really interesting um and like I think for a 40 year old film the special effects have held up really well as well yes they have I will say that like, that is true but I think that's because like the scene where the guy rips his face off is like practical mm. and you can obviously tell that now. Um, but I think like the the sparing use of like CGI or like computer Im- imagery as it would have been then is su- like surprisingly watching this on Blu-ray like forty one years after it had come out like still holds up like you're still in the moment like you're never thinking oh that looks fake or that looks shit or that looks like not very good um, which I think is a testament to like how well this movie was made and like how it was the eighth highest grossing movie of nineteen eighty two when it came out which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah. C- came out the same year as Blade Runner, The Thing, and um, E.T. Fair. Also, this movie has two sequels, uh, Portalgeist 2, The Other Side, and then Portalgeist 3. And there's also, as it's a ha- an 80s horror film, it had a TV series that came out in 1996 that was completely unrelated, but used the name called Portalgeist Legacy. Um and it was remade in 2015 by Gil Keenan, who directed, uh, co-wrote, sorry, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and is directing the new Ghostbusters movie. And it was announced in 2019 that apparently the Russo brothers are going to direct another reboot of it. Yay! Uh, I don't feel like it's a movie that should have been franchised. Personally, no. I feel like it's one of those movies that I think is good enough to stand on its own, and it's good enough to kind of like just be a one and done. But what? What other things was there anything else that you liked about this movie? Not really, no. Fair. Do you understand why this movie is held as in such high regard? No. No? No, I don't get it. But you can see its influence. I feel like part of the issue with films like this is that I'm watching them at the age of thirty in the year of our 31. Lord. Shut the fuck up. In the year <laughs> of our Lord twenty twenty three, and I'm like, eh. Like, I'm sure in the 80s this was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, now I'm like, eh. It's, it's meh at best. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. But you can see, like, its influence on films like The Conjuring and, like, Insidious. Oh, and, yeah, like... no one's thankful for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I forget that you don't like The Conjuring. I fucking hate The Conjuring. <laughs> Only because it scared you, it, be honest with people. No, they know that. We did an episode <laughs> on how much it fucking scared me. <laughs> I speak about it at length. Um, Don't you fucking dare, you absolute <laughs> cunt. The only time we double clap in this house is for Sorry You Are Not A Winner, and that is it. Snaps for Lee. Snaps for Lee. Um, so, do you want to give the folks at home your final thoughts on Poltergeist and a rating? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't get it, guys. I really don't understand it. A lot of people have said to me, oh, you'll quite like Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a really good film. It's not. It's, pla- it's passable at best. It's very poorly written. It's not well acted. And uh, it's just overall disappointing. However, I will say Toby Hooper did a really good job directing this because the lighting and the way the lighting is used in the movie is chef's kiss. 
I will say that. Also, uh, the creepy lady who comes in at the end, I do quite like her. Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Rubenstein. I do quite like her. Because she was the one part of the movie I was like, you have literally, you, you got the script and went, I understand the assignment. Don't you worry about it, guys. And I appreciate that. She, she, she's like, I feel like the only one of the adult actors who like legitimately understood the assignment for this film. This house is clean. Yeah, and it was to be quite serious, but just a little bit camp, which really sets off her performance, and I just appreciate that. So for the lighting, the hard work the lighting department put in, and for Xena. Zelda. Zelda. And the little girl. Heavory Rook. Yes. R.I.P. I, she, did she pass away? Yeah, Heavory Rook did. I told you this when we were making oh. it, and I said it at the beginning of the episode. I literally said it. She died. Yes, you did. Yeah, she died making Portalguise three. She died of ge- uh, congenital stenosis, uh, which was caused by sepsis. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so for that little girl who I have been told three times passed away, and I watched the episode. I watched the Cursed Films episode. I knew about this. I don't remember it. Uh, I'm going to give this movie overall a one point five. Wow. And that's a point five or point for everything I enjoyed. Fair. Um, I like, see, I, this is my pick. I've been wanting to cover this movie since we started the podcast. Uh, I will admit I was very late to the game on this film. Uh, this is probably going to pain a lot of people, but I wasn't a huge Toby Hooper fan growing up. Like, I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was quite young and found Texas Chainsaw Massacre to be quite bored and overrated. Um, and then I never followed up on any of his other work until the series Masters of Horror came out. And he directed an episode of that, and that was when I rediscovered his work. And for those of you that know, uh, I did an episode with the Cast Me the Hellboys on the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre last year, and I went back and rewatched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, and like completely fell in love with it as an adult. And Poltergeist, this movie, I only saw this movie for the first time about 10 years ago, um, and that was after I'd seen a lot of parodies, so after I'd seen Scream 2 and seen the... like. Um, uh family guy episode on it so i knew like all of the references and things before i saw it but that for me it didn't diminish the impact that the film has i think for a film that's now 40 years old to still be talked about so admittedly in in some instances in the wrong light um i think it holds up incredibly well i think it fits into that kind of like emblem realm of like horror movies of like it's still quite tense and there are some moments in it that are quite scary, but I would feel comfortable showing this to someone. I don't know how you feel about this as the, as the novice on the podcast, I would feel comfortable showing this to someone who doesn't like horror as like a gateway horror film. Yeah. It's not very scary. And I would feel comfortable showing this to children, Mm. but like not young children, but like maybe like a 10 or 11 year old. I think you could show show a 10 or 11 year old this and it'd probably be fine. Yeah. I mean, they're all out fucking doing TikToks and vapes and playing Grand Theft Auto. So I don't think this would do them any harm. But yeah, I do think it's a really good, and that's kind of like what Steven uh, Spielberg did with his emblem imprint. Like he made like family, like he produced family friendly horror, like with gremlins and like arachnophobia and stuff like this. Um, So to me, I think, Rewatching it back, I was like, there are obviously some slow parts. I do think that the acting is a bit wonky in places. Um, but I think overall it's a pretty good film and it's a pretty good like haunting movie whose legacy has kind of you know stood the test of time. 
Um, I don't think we need any more fucking remakes of it. I don't think we need any more TV series of it. No, we do I think not. you should just leave it the fuck alone. Um, I would probably give it a strong ended 3.5. I think there are problems with it, and I think that there are things that have like not aged very well. However, I do think for what it did to the genre and what it did to Toby Hooper's career at that point, because up until that point, he was kind of like a low-budget filmmaker. He'd done things like Life Force and uh, he'd done, you know, Fun House and the two Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I think for him to, like, have a big studio movie behind him and, like, to have the backing of someone like Spielberg did a lot for his career. And I think, you know, he went on to become one of the most influential directors in horror um, and somebody who's loved that I, who's someone whose films that I've grown to fall in love with, like in in adult life, and I think it's really sad that he's no longer with us. Um, so yeah, that would be my final thoughts on Poltergeist. Uh, what are your thoughts on Poltergeist? Do you like it? Do you like the sequels? Do you like the TV show? Do you like the remake? Like, how do you feel about this movie? Uh, as always, come find us on social media on X slash Twitter at s i m a h f pod. Uh, so I'm a horror fan, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, on tumblr and instagram as always guys thank you so much for your continued support we love you we love doing this podcast for you guys um we will be back next week for the last episode of july where we'll be looking at 1997's i know what you did last summer and then we will be into august's programming if you go on our social media you can see what we've got coming up for august we shared a post about that the other day um so yeah all additional information on our social media. As always, stay spooky, stay safe. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Bye.